Well, here we are, episode four of the Business and Bites podcast. I'm uh, one of your hosts, John Hansman. I am your other host, Emilio Mejia. Welcome, everybody, to the new year. Happy holidays for everyone that had holidays. Happy newborns to the people with newborns, like <laughs> John over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a wild ride that has been. Uh, they say it's one of the greatest, yet scariest, yet uh, sleepless parts of your life. And I think all of those can be true depending on your, uh, depending on your story. We won't get into that, that big long story, but, uh, it was definitely not what I planned for. Uh, they always say, always have an alternate plan when giving birth to children. And we use plan C. And nobody ever has a plan. You just kind of shoot from the hip and hope that you're doing it right. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the good news. The good news is uh, mom and baby are healthy and good and everything's uh, everything is as it should be. Uh, except I played pickleball last night. Like I played hard because I'm competitive. And I went to bed sore and I did not sleep very well. And, and Zach was kind of a little crazy last night. So I've gone three days this week. I think I'm kind of addicted. So. Bro. Soon my wife's going to start telling me I'm spending too much time at the pickleball course. But anyway, so um, let's go ahead and start get started today. We have a special guest for everybody, Nick Kreider. He's from Inside Staffing Group. He's going to join us and talk to us about hiring and how to hire better. Well, here he is, Mr. Nick Kreider, a good friend of mine. And uh, and so, well, welcome, Nick. Glad Thank you're you. here to join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about staffing and how uh, businesses, owners uh, can find the right people. So why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about how you got started uh, and what what is your particular role in the hiring process for your clients? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Insight Staffing Group is a company now that I am at five years in now, actually. Um, I produced it actually off of a, a crazy story, but after seven months experience working at a staffing firm, um, we particularly focus on the mining and the heavy industrial sectors, but um, that sector does encompass a lot of IT work um, as, you know, as well as op operations, safety, maintenance, things like that. Um, Hiring is just a huge topic right now. Unemployment rates are still hovering under 4% it's impossible for anybody to find anybody that's good right now. And if they are, they're already working. Right. So. We're definitely seeing that across our, you know, across IT, a lot of our peers, um, you know, we're in a couple of Facebook groups together and we all chit chat and a lot of people, um, you know, I always say something like, you know, I hired this guy. Uh, he, he didn't even show up on the first day or something like that, or he didn't show up the next week and no call, no email, no nothing, just, you know, disappearing. <laughs> I'm like, man, I wish I had it that good that I could just not show up to a job and still be able to pay all my bills and maintain all of my wife's wants. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. And, you know, it's still a market right now where people are still getting multiple offers for jobs. Um, you know, nobody's on the market for very long. Um, if you've engaged a candidate, you know, you got to believe somebody like me, somebody else's HR team, somebody like that has probably engaged them as well. Um, so being diligent, staying on top of that kind of stuff, ghosting. I mean, it's, it's something that's was been going on for the last really three years now, pretty, pretty strong from what it seems like. So the question is, how are you overcoming yeah. that as a, as that's your job, your job is to find the right candidates for your clients. 
Yeah. So um, a lot of tools. Um, you know, I am a recruiter. Um, I live, eat, sleep, breathe, you know, employment stuff, keeping up inside the sector. You know, obviously, I, you know, I focus a little bit more on, on a heavy industrial sector, but you have to keep up with what's going on in your market, right? I mean, just like if you're starting any type of job, you have to be relevant. You have to keep up with your market. You've got to be able to engage people through tools, whether it be, you know, everybody knows about Indeed. A lot of people know about um, LinkedIn is a, is a huge one. And, and, you know, you can do a little bit with, uh, or you can do a lot with a little bit with LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard regardless, no matter what you're going to do, engaging people is hard. Um, but consistency, um, is, is really key when it, when it comes to it. So LinkedIn, I once, uh, was putting out a, uh, application or whatever to try to get a technician and mm. signed up and had LinkedIn help me do it. And I, I, don't think I got much out of it, but I, they charged me like a thousand dollars. Yeah. So I, I will tell you, you have to know your audience on where you're going to find somebody. Um, LinkedIn, you're really going to probably find some really strong salary candidates. Um, when it comes to anything for any type of manager, any type of engineer, software engineer, anything like that. Um, that's probably where you're going to want to more dial into, into those type of people. They're, they're, uh, they're a step above. They're a little bit, generally, if you're on LinkedIn, you're going to find somebody that's a little bit more expensive. Um, generally, you're also going to probably get a pretty darn good qualified candidate. Um, you actually do see a lot less ghosting when it comes to LinkedIn candidates, um, you know, but they're also on LinkedIn. That means they're on the market. There's other recruiters that can view them. Um, they're, they're being, you know, they're being touched as many times as possible by people like myself or HR teams. Um, so, you know, Companies have to make sure that they're staying relevant with their benefits, with their pay, with all that other kind of stuff that goes into just retaining good employees. So um, to touch base on like the technician level, John, um, you know, I would probably touch base into more of like an an Indeed type job posting. Um, They are cheaper generally. A lot of times they're still free. Um, And, you know, Monster.com, Dice is a very big uh, uh, it, uh, recruiting yeah. website. Um, you guys probably use that. Um, so yeah, so there is, th- there's some tools out there. Um, but you, you're going to, you're going to spend a little bit with them too. So. Right. Where do you think the job market's going? And like, if you were to look t- 12 months ahead, do you think in the next 12 months, it's going to get easier or harder to find candidates? You know, that's a great question. I get asked that a lot, actually. Um, what are the mortgage rates going to do in three months? You know, uh, on an election year, dude, I don't know. Um, that's that's a really hard hard thing to, to guess. Um, you know, the market came up a little bit here the last couple of days. Um, unemployment is a, it's a little bit higher than it's been. Um, you know, we had some times in the last couple of years, we were below 3% to where now we're a little bit closer to 4 um, I will tell you, you can look into some countries. So I, I do some recruiting in Canada, um, Quebec. I, I've been doing a lot of recruiting in there right now. They are down to about where we're at to where you get into the rest of Western Canada. They're, you know, closer to five. Um, you know, we're around that three, nine right now, which is still excessively low. 
Um, I don't see us going. I, I don't think it's going to change. Personally, my, my personal opinion, I think we're going to stay around that three nine. We might we might get over four. Um, but an election year, man, you can roll the dice and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, Nick, so we um, we cater to a lot of small businesses and new business owners, startups. So in light of that, why should an SMB maybe reach out to a recruiter instead of trying to hire themselves? What are the pros and cons there for our listeners? Yeah, so um, any company, really, whether SMB, whether you're a mining company, whether whoever you are, um, it, yeah, um, engaging a recruiter um, can have some really, really strong benefits. And we have a couple different ways of how you can engage a recruiter and you can save some money in some of it and you can pay a little bit extra down the road. Um, so engaging a recruiter, the good news is you get somebody like me, we would actually be on a call like this. If you and John owned your own company, I would get on a call just like this with you guys. I'd say, hey, you know, you need a software engineer. What are your non-negotiables? A job description is great but what are the non-negotiables that you have to have in a person? Um, I would much rather try to talk to both of you and figure out, you know, there's 25 things on this list. As long as I get these five, buddy, I'm going to hire. So I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all about that. That's then I get to take my very large network um, that I have spent probably too much money on, but gone out and find some people um, to present in front of you. And the nice thing is they're screened before you get them. So generally they like, you know, John, I, this person needs to know this software, this software have this years of experience doing whatever it is. And I'm going to put you in front of somebody in front of you that has that experience from there. That's when we can go into, are they a fit for my company? Are they going to get along with my guys or my gals? Is this, you know, is, is this person an actual fit? Do they have the same career goals that I think I want to have? Really, we get a little more culturally fit for the company from there, but you'll, you'll have an experienced person. Um, generally, uh, like I said, when it, when it comes to the cost, um, there's a few different ways of going about it. And, um, you know, you can engage somebody for free. And if you don't usually hire somebody, you're not going to pay anything. Um, so, but that, that puts some bad taste in people's mouths, but you can really go forward and, and you can pay up front. You can pay as you go. There's a few different ways to get a really, really qualified person by engaging a recruiter. Yeah, I, I remember um, not in this business. I just started this one last January when I split from the old one um, 10 years and the first time we put a job ad on Indeed, I felt like I just, mm. I was so overwhelmed. I just, I didn't know where to start, right? I think the, within the first yeah. three hours, we had like 40 applications or something like that. Um, and then at the end of it, we had like 120 resumes. I was like, how do I even start classifying? How do I start, you know, like, I, I just didn't know where to start. I'm like, this is why somebody would pay five, $10,000. You know, this might take me you know, two weeks and then I can't do what the rest of my business needs me to do. But is that yeah. even the case anymore? I mean, it well, seems to I me mean, the last I mean, time I, I put out a job application, it was less. It was like, I got seven people. Yeah. I'm talking about and, maybe and five four years of them. Ago. Yeah. And four of them yeah. were not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. It, it really depends. You know, one thing I can say, if you're posting a job, just using indeed, because we've, we're, we're using it now. Um, Put in some questions that are going to weed people out. Like 
If, yeah. if you and, and don't be afraid to take that post back down and say, OK, well, I got way overwhelmed. I got 200 candidates. Obviously, I you know, this is a little too general. I can weed through some of this to do, you know, to get some of the people out that, wow, maybe there are people that are looking for this job right now. And I can get somebody and, and be a little bit more picky about what I want. Mm. You know, I never considered that. Just take it down and. I start over from scratch. I feel like once you put it up there, it almost makes you feel like you're obligated. Like you got to hire one of no. these guys, no matter what. <laughs> no, not, not at all. I mean, you know, they're going to get their money either way when it comes to indeed They're you know, they're, they're paid off of, of time on posting people applying things like that. Don't be afraid for anything like that. And I'll, I'll tell you hiring the wrong employee um, will cost you so much more. So don't be afraid to do that for sure. So if somebody's shopping on Indeed, what what kind of three? I don't. Know, I like using like threes because it's easier. What kind of three things would you do to kind of just help get the the process started, just to to see if they even are a good fit for your culture? Is there are there questions that you ask? Are there tests that you do? Uh, are there really what kind of things can you do to just weed out? So you, you don't get overwhelmed. So there's a couple answers to that question. Probably really um, my, you know, Indeed's really cool because again, they, they have a lot of these questions. You can weed some of the stuff out. They also have some of the um, tests that you can do that they say, Hey, this person's proficient in this expert level in this has masters this, whatever it is. Right. So in, Indeed's got a, a pretty good deal on that. And so you take that, I would say with a grain of salt, um, you're, you need to know how to do the job, um, as much as that person needs to. And that's, that's kind of a thing with a recruiter is you've got to know, you've got to talk the lingo, you know, that kind of stuff that this person's going to do. So you, you have to be able to know that job as well as the person doing it without a doubt. You got to be able to smell through any type of crap that they're selling you, I guess would be the best way to say it, um, when it comes to whether they're doing the job, um, and I would say the best thing you can do is just have conversations with people. And it's it's time consuming, unfortunately, but having conversations with multiple people um, will get you an idea of the workforce that's out there, the people that are out there, um, and how how these guys are to work with is the biggest thing, really. So that that's probably the best. So there's no silver bullet. <laughs> there's no silver bullet. No. Yeah. It's a grind. It's a grind, man. It's, it's, it's a grind. Really, it is. That's the best way to say it is it's a grind to talk to people. And and that's that is where a recruiter comes in. You know, we we grind on resumes. We grind on people. We get to ask hard questions for you guys that you don't want to ask if you are going to hire somebody. I mean, it's you can use this to your advantage when it comes to that kind of stuff, too. But uh, you know, small business startups, things like that. That's what you got to do. And it's, it's wearing that recruiter hat. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're doing interviews on behalf of your clients, like kind of a, the initial interviews. Is, uh, this yeah. is just a fun question. What is the top, <laughs> what is the top interview question you've asked that has kicked people out of the running? The very first question I always ask is why are you looking to leave your current company? I ask that question every single time. Why Why are you leaving? If you're working, why are you leaving? Because I will get an idea of why that person wants to leave the company. Now, there's a you take that with a grain of salt sometimes too. But if somebody tells me they're leaving for money, 
they're just going to leave for the next dollar that somebody else gives them. Correct. Usually. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so you, you've got to be careful. Um, but that is probably one of the greatest questions that you can ask. We're going to stay on that topic of uh, candidates and when you start interviewing. So mine is, what do you look for in an ideal candidate that doesn't really show up on the resume? There's a few things that you can look at. Um, as and this just comes with an experience in recruiting. Um, a so that doesn't show up on a resume. I would say how how are how well do they interview? So when it comes to an interview, is this person like a professional interviewer? If they're a professional interviewer, you really need to make sure if you think you want to hire that person, when you bring them on site, you need to really. So, you know, I, I do a lot of heavy manufacturing type work. We really walk those guys through that plant floor. Uh, floor. Do they know exactly what it is that we're talking about? Because they're a professional interviewer. They know how to answer questions really, really well. Um, that is, that, that's a, that's a really hard thing right now. We had a, a big exodus of people in 2021, early 2022, where a, a large percentage of professionals changed jobs. They called it the great exodus of 2021. Um, and, um, they got really good at interviewing really so good because they did a so lot they of studied, it. So they studied and perfected how to get the job, but not necessarily learning how to do the job. Exactly. Oh man. I wasn't even aware of that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's a, it is a big thing that we can do. And, and the only way that I have discovered right now to get around it is getting them there. Cause if they give you the right answers, that's great. But can they, you know, put their foot on the gas when they show up to your place? So using, so using tools like Indeed's a good start. Uh, mm -hmm. Do lots of conversations with people to kind of understand mm -hmm. who they are and, and what yep. they do, um, make sure that if they if they seem like they're really good, that you walk them through your processes so that to make sure they actually know how to the, do the job. Mm -hmm. Is there any other things that the uh, small business owner or any anybody for that matter could you know like a next step or a thing that they that they should be aware of or thinking about or some obscure thing that, that surprises that might surprise somebody uh, in the process that would help them just make a really good decision. Do you use personality tests at all or any of that kind of stuff? Um, we, we do have some sites. Canada is actually pretty strong at doing psychological testing, personality testing, you know, disc, disc profiles are still a thing and, and some stuff like that. Um, it's been it's been a long time since I've done a disc profile, but uh, but yeah. I have my team I have my team do this to be honest, um, mostly yeah. because I, I think I've only been exposed to like two of them, and I saw somebody mm -hmm. present on it, and in the mm -hmm. IT field exactly, you know, I kind of know what correlates with what. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I've had my team take them when I was hiring. Yeah, nice. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so sorry, John. Give me the question again. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. So no, I'm just saying is there is there another thing, another another thing that that somebody needs to be looking at, other than okay, we're going to be on Indeed or or whatever monster. We're going to mm -hmm. interview a lot. We're going to try to ask some some questions to figure out their motives for leaving. Uh, mm -hmm. Are there any other 
questions or things that they can they can ask to try to find the right person ahead of time? Is there any other? I mean, is there what other tools are there that you can? The one of the the best things that I like to say is um, any any interview, any interaction with a candidate, anything like that should really go as a really kind of half-hearted, fun, open conversation, right? And, and you really need to be able to try to judge that person, um, you know, together. You know, if you two are hiring somebody together, if you're interviewing me um, and really I'm interviewing you at the same time, right? So like, hey, I'm working for John and Emilio and are we kind of having a little bit of fun on this interview? Am I, can I get a feel for how they are to, for me to work for? That's something that people need to kind of keep at the forefront of their mind too, is just as much as you're interviewing me, I'm interviewing you also. I have options right now at 3.9% unemployment. So that's something that people have to keep at the forefront of their mind. The other thing, and, and this is a little bit harder as a small business, but and that's when you get a little bit more medium size and a little larger is once you actually have that candidate is actually maintaining them. You have to be able to make sure that when they do come in, you know, you have, you know, a benefit package that's that's comparable to your area, right? I mean, there, there has to be something that sets you apart from somebody else, whether it's you get to work hybrid, you get to work remote, you get a, you know, you, maybe they want to work on site, there is a place for them to work on site. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's being flexible um, is, is, is a big key uh, that we're seeing in, in was well through all of 2023, 2022, really. So, yeah. And you bring that up. Fascinating. So there's a little bit, a lot of news articles, a lot of conversation about mm -hmm. how certain companies are requiring, pushing people to go back to the office. Sure. Are you seeing that trend in your hiring? And it might be different because you've got some, you're doing a lot of manufacturing, but yeah. are you seeing, what, what trend are you seeing in regards to back to the office or are you still seeing a lot of remote work options? Um, you know, definitely the remote stuff is starting to go away a little bit. Um, now a lot of that is dependent upon, um, upon your job, obviously. Um, it does tend to lean a little bit more to the remote side, um, which is nice. Um, but I think we're starting to see a little bit more hybrid. Um, I think one thing that I have seen a lot also in the market and just with the HR side stuff that I do also is I think people aren't are getting a little sick of staying at home 24 seven in a, in an office. I know I am sometimes. <laughs> so um, that, that people interaction, I think people are starting to crave a little bit more too. So I think we're seeing a lot more hybrid type work. Um, but I, I still think companies are still really trying to focus on that flexibility and that work-life balance right now um, that candidates really, really want. Hmm. Interesting. I was working from home before COVID. So after a while, yeah, it does kind of start to take a toll on you, especially if you're somebody social and you like having conversations. And all I'm talking to is like, you know, my two or three texts for the day and maybe a client yeah. or two. Um, yeah, yeah it, can, it can definitely start to take a toll on you here and there. You know, what's <laughs> fascinating is when I, just before I quit my job to start my company, uh, our, our company got purchased by a big corporation and they had a high work from home culture. Uh, mm -hmm. and especially in the IT, but there was a ton of people who worked from home and I spent 20 years being forced into an office until the company got purchased and switched. And I asked my boss, Hey, can I work from home 50%? And he was like, as long as you get it done, that's going to be great. And I didn't think anything yeah. of it. 
Yeah. I quit my job and within six months, everybody was working from home. Like, mm-hmm. we, and they were pretty well prepared to keep, keep chugging along because they, they were already doing that. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's interesting to see how cultures change. Cause now you think about it now, we don't, we're not bothered by people's dogs barking in the background, <laughs> no. you know, babies crying and any of none of that stuff. It, it's all normal to a certain extent now. I think it, it really is. I mean, and, and you're on calls. I've, I've been on calls with, you know, management team members and, you know, the cat jumps in front of the you know laptop screen <laughs> and, across and, and everybody has a little bit of a laugh about it and we move on. Right. I mean, yeah. it is, it's just a culture shift. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny to see that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as we wrap things up, here's my, here's my question. I don't know if Milio, you have anything else, but I have, yeah, I have one more and I want to oh, try to no, frame it properly. Um, okay. This happens in IT, but I'm sure it probably happens throughout. Um, sometimes somebody finds a candidate and they're like, this person does everything technically good. They do their job good, but their personality doesn't exactly fit in with everybody else. How have you seen that go? Do you see that work as long as the person gets their stuff done? Or do you see that kind of fall apart at the end? I know sometimes your involvement, it's only you know three months into the person's hiring or firing, but, you know, do you have any insight on that? I, I, I definitely do. Um, and I will tell you, don't hire somebody, go with your gut, always go with your gut. I will tell you, it doesn't ever lead you astray. If you don't have a good feeling about a person being a fit in your organization, um, it will ruin your organization from the inside out, meaning your other employees will, will, will leave you. And, yeah. and then you're starting this process all over again. So, um, I always say, trust your gut when it comes to a person's personality, uh, attitude, things like that, um, because if it doesn't, um, it really can badly implode uh, your organization from the inside out. Yeah, I think okay. I've always been more likely to say, I don't remember who, it might have been a Simon Sinek comment, but saying, you know, it's always better to hire somebody who fits in your culture and train them to do the job than it is to mm-hmm. hire somebody who is really good at the job, but sucks at culture. Yeah, we, we have a saying, it's like just in HR overall of saying, you know, hire quickly, but fire faster, right? I mean, when, when it comes to that, um, and and that's actually kind of changed a little bit from fire slowly. Now you have to do your documentation, you got to do all your stuff right, but it, it can really be detrimental to an organization um, to have a bad employee inside of it for, for all your other employees around you. Um, you know, and, and then the other old saying is like, you know, what if you hire somebody, you train them and they leave you, but what if they stay? Right. I mean, then you have somebody that's working for you that could be years down the road that isn't performing. Right. And we've all, we've all worked with those people and it's frustrating. And right. and then you're still imploding your organization from the inside. Yeah. So you got, you got to be careful. Yeah, Totally. Totally. What is the, it's my question. I'm like the fun question. What's the okay. craziest, what's the craziest thing you've seen as a, as a recruiter? Like, what is the, like the thing that you're just, you tell us, do what are the, what is the, the what are the things you tell st- party stories about <laughs> and being a recruiter? Like, Oh man. Uh, buddy, there's a million. I mean, people are crazy. Uh, you know, especially like in a tank top or something. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, people showing up on mine sites with flip-flops on, I mean, um, I, we, we relocate people to, 
part of the Arctic Circle, right? And they don't actually understand that. I mean, I, I, I've, I've done that. I've brought somebody into way, way into northern Norway, and they're like, they didn't expect it. And I'm like, well, you're at the Arctic Circle. What do you expect type of stuff, you know? <laughs> um, so there's, there's, there's a million things. And, and, you know, people are, you can spend the time on the phone um, with them. And that's the great part of having a recruiter. But every now and again, you get one that slips by you. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I just remember when I was doing a lot of hiring, just having, I, I just asking interview questions about why you left. And, and they, sometimes people would just say just crazy stuff that you're, mm. you kind of take a step back and say, did you really just say, well, my boss really sucked and I hated them. Like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, so <laughs> that person wasn't a recruiter because I, as a recruiter, we do sometimes try to be, help people along on these interviews because especially when it comes into the, I feel like the IT sector, especially is some of them maybe aren't as uh, oriented to interview sometimes yeah. and they don't know how to get what their knowledge out is. And, you know, we're a little extra, more extrovert sometimes. And so we can help people. Now we don't want to sell you on something. That's not what you're getting, but we also, there's there's guys out me that like to have a heart that like to help people and so if, if i can help somebody get into a better position by telling them hey you know make sure you're speaking to your experience do your research on the company that you're going to go work for you know and and we push that stuff to them so they really know what they're getting into when you uh when you talk to them. right <laughs> that's fascinating well any anything else uh um, no, no, I think that's good. Um, uh, Nick, we want to go ahead and give you two minutes if you want to promote um, Insight Staffing Group and, you know, anything you want to say or, or put out there in any way. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. First of all, thank you. I love this time. I would love to come back anytime you guys want to do this again. I, uh, that would be awesome. Um, guys, go on to InsightStaffingGroup.com. We do all types of roles in the mining and heavy industrial sector. Um, and, and even manufacturing as well, IT positions, safety positions. If you're a mining guy watching this, because um, it's going to come up on the mining team, this, this could share it on the LinkedIn. Um, go on to there also at the same time. If you're a company, get, reach out, give me a call. Um, we'd love to help you guys. Awesome. All right. Love it, man. Hey, well, thanks for joining us. We, we're uh, glad to have you here. Thank you so much. Emilio, nice meeting you, John. Good to see you again, buddy. Yeah, man. We'll see Thank you again. You. Thanks. All righty, so I'm showing up to flip flops to my next interview. <laughs> I hope I don't ever have cool. the next interview, but you know, nice get like a wife beater, you know, flip flops, like Hawaiian shorts. I'm going to a networking event right after this, so I think that's how I'm going to show up: Hawaiian shirt, flip flops. I know. I know something else while uh, I try to recruit more business for myself. Yeah, or a crazy hat, you know, like a wizard hat or something like that. That'd be kind of fun, you know. <laughs> Wizard uh, I like or that. one of those oh one of those beer helmets you know like where you just yeah anyways uh i'm just coming up with all the crazy ideas hopefully no <laughs> one actually listens to any of those those things well <laughs> we're crazy uh well okay so let's jump into our next segment which is cybersecurity tips and news uh and we're in 2024 2023 was a doozy. Think about how many crazy things hit the news circuit 
uh, casinos that got hacked. I mean, it, it it was a whirlwind of ransomware attacks in 2023. I mean, there was just so much happening. And all the experts that I'm listening to are saying that 20, 2024 is going to be crazier. Well, it's, it, it can't it can't regress, right? It's never going to go back. It's like like the cat's out of the bag at this point. It can almost, and I I don't want to make it sound so bad, but it can only get worse per se. Um, You know, it's, it's, so now it's like, all right, AI is out. So is AI going to go away and people are going to, you know, like that's not going to happen. Like cybersecurity is just going to get bigger and bigger. Um, It's going to become more of a threat. So, you know, what do we need? We need more education and we need more mitigation of it. Companies like ours. And I think that's right. And I think the only thing today that can reverse or lower the threat or to make 2024 a better year for cybersecurity when it comes to small, medium-sized business is education. And and like we just talked with Nick about culture and, and getting businesses to actually really create a cybersecurity-focused culture. In other words, making that a priority that they talk about it regularly on their staff meetings. They have tools in place for training, uh, but it doesn't stop with a yearly cybersecurity training. I think it really has to get down to like, this needs to be a regular conversation, regardless of the size of business, whether you have two staff, one staff, or it's just you be thinking about this stuff. And make sure that as your company grows, you are growing in a security focused culture and asking yourself, like, what types of things cause these type of incidents? Like we we talk about it regularly, poor password management, clicking on phishing links, uh, you know, uh, falling for like, you know, was reading about a guy who was in the crypto industry and fell for a crypto scam and lost $125,000. No, everything you have to. Yeah. Criminals today are targeting specific industries and doing a really good job of making things look like they're part of your particular industry. So if you're in medical, you're going to see things that are related to medical. And and so we really have to get uh, customers or just businesses in general to be really thinking about their cybersecurity and trying to help identify uh, and learn how to see these fake emails and see, learn how to see, uh, you know, what's real and what's not. And some really basic training that is ongoing can make a world of difference in lowering the amount of cybersecurity attacks. Completely agree with everything you just said. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and plug myself here. Wait, this way? Yeah, this way. This book right here um, that I co-authored, my chapter was actually why why is security awareness so important to your business? And I go over how the training has to be continuous, how there needs to be a checks and balances about yeah. it, how you need to create the culture in your office. Uh, one of the things that I touch on in my book, in my chapter is how to gamify it, right? How to make it a game so that it creates a buzz. Maybe you make teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the teams, depending on their scores with the quizzes or the videos that they take or the phishing simulations that they, you know, uncover and find to IT and let them know, look, that's a phishing simulation and they get points for it. So just ways to get the whole team involved 
uh, make it a water cooler talk, you know, just water cooler discussion, just make the atmosphere security based so that your business knows that, you know, you're always on the lookout, you know, kind of to link it to what we said in the beginning, this is not going away. No. Whether you're at this company, whether you go to another company in your personal life, this is also a thing. You know, it's going to happen to people's personal social media accounts, their bank mm-hmm. accounts, their personal email. So you have to stay on top of uh, cybersecurity awareness, whether in the business or personal. Uh, it's just it's not going away, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You know, you got and the, rea- and the reality to help you. <laughs> the reality is 95 percent of cybersecurity attacks are human caused. So, and there's no way for us to get rid of the human element. Is there? The I mean, AI is out. I could just hire a whole bunch of robots. We well, I guess we'll see with ChatGPT. We may we may be down that road at some point, right? <laughs> but at least right now, you're we still have humans involved. And that is correct. Can't get rid of my staff. And 95% are caused by human mistakes. There has to be a way for us to be focusing it on on training. And making sure I was I was listening to a podcast recently and they had a CISO for from a major organization that had, you know, it was like, I don't remember how many thousand employees. And one of the fascinating things he said was that when he he can tell when their cybersecurity training kicks off because the amount of reporting of phishing, potential phishing attacks goes up. Like when, you know, they have a report button on, on their email, it goes up significantly right when they do their training and then within a month it tapers off. And it doesn't mean that the amount of bad or, or phishing emails has decreased in that time. It just means that the awareness of the people decreases over time. So there used to kind of be this attitude of, well, we'll just do our annual cybersecurity training so we can check the box. And I don't believe that's the case. I think that uh, we should be really finding ways to engage that conversation on a regular basis. Keep that a thing that's fresh on everybody's mind. Not in a way that's pointing fingers or anything like that, but it really just in a team-oriented way of helping people uh, just know how to spot these type of phishing emails, know how to keep their, uh, you know, keep things secure uh, passwords and how to properly navigate, you know, the, the, the internet and things like that. It has to be a regular thing. Yeah. I think after MFA security awareness is the number one, the number two thing that I push. Um, you know, there's times where you meet a small business and for some reason their budget doesn't allow you to put certain security parameters in place. And I say, well, the very least we have to try to do is inform and train your employees. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that they might be able to catch that we can't put something in place to catch. Um, you know, of course, my recommendation is always to, you know, hire a professional to implement proper cybersecurity strategy. But in the chances that you can't, MFA and security awareness are probably the top two, um, you know, that can try to to make some type of change in there. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, we and we always continue to talk about password hygiene. And I guess. Speaking of high password hygiene, <laughs> you you sent me this article about Xfinity. Yeah, I want to I want to share that. There's a there's a quote in there that I wanna that I wanna read to everybody. Yeah. Um, you want me to share my screen yeah, or? Go ahead and share. Yeah, go ahead and share. All right, let me share my screen here. Share screen. I was gonna share my whole screen or just uh, yeah. There you go. All right, yeah, Xfinity yeah, had compromised. There you go. All right. 
Uh, so Xfinity had compromised user information from 36 million customers, state AG says. So something I want to touch on this is they didn't hack Xfinity directly at first. They went through their supply chain, right? So they found a uh, compromised vulnerability in a third-party vendor that services Xfinity. And then through that, they were able to access Xfinity's information, kind of like the Target hacked several years ago where they got in through the HVAC system. Um, so one of the quotes that I wanted to read was this one right here. Customers trust Xfinity to protect their information, and the company takes this responsibility serious. Xfinity remains committed to continued investments in technology, protocols, and experts dedicated to helping to protect its customers. And I think all of our audience and all of our uh, small business or business owners that are listening should kind of listen to this because your customers trust you to protect their information as well, no matter what it is that you do. And a compromise like this not only hurts the business directly, but it hurts your reputation. So after something like this happens and it comes out, how many people still want to do business with you? And that's the reason why I believe the numbers around 50 plus percent of small businesses can't uh, survive a compromise or, a, or an attack. You know, they go out of business. You know, so just something that I want our listeners and viewers to to consider. You know, yeah. it's not always going to come in through you. It can come in through your supply chain. So that's another thing that you need to think about. The person I'm doing business with, how do they do their IT? Do they take it seriously? Do they have cybersecurity? Because if somebody comes into their system and then piggybacks and jumps into my system, then, you know, what am I just protecting my systems for? What am I doing here? So here's a crazy thing. I thought to myself is when I saw that number, 36 million, I thought to myself, well, I wonder how many customers Comcast actually has. In 2022, they had 32 million. Oh, okay. New customers or just uh, recurring? So they've ad they added, you know, 5 million customers over time, over Got two it. years, right? Okay. What this tells me, if I'm reading this correctly, Xfinity, their whole database was compromised. All 36 million. Of their whole all their clients. That means if you have a you have an Xfinity account, you should change your password. Yeah, that's their whole database. That is that and is it's crazy. Funny that they don't say that in the article, right? They say oh, thirty six million people, as if they have like more than that. Yeah. And you notice how they said the, third, you notice how they said third party. They don't want to say who it was that was compromised right. that then led to them being compromised. Yeah. So that's a huge. That's that's not just. It almost, you know, when you say a number like 36 million, it almost sounds like, oh, well, it's a portion of their database. It's the whole doggone thing. Yeah. <laughs> which, which says a lot too. That That's a huge number when you think about it's Yeah. That means their whole system was compromised. That's, that's crazy. That's and they're crazy. one of the big dogs. I mean, yeah, I don't know about in Washington, but down here, Xfinity is, you know, your main. Oh, they are here too. Of they cable are here too. And internet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you either you either have Xfinity, they do have like, you know, uh the the phone providers, DSL, that kind of stuff, fiber. Uh I'm personally on Starlink. But yeah, like I'm on a com for my business, I'm on Comcast business here. It's just nuts. And you see, it, what we're seeing is we've all heard this, I've said it multiple times, right? You know, small businesses are not too small to get yeah. hacked. They're just too small to make the news. Make We're the seeing news, yeah. giant, giant corporations 
having cybersecurity attacks. And that's not even, that's just a tiny bit of the actual piece of the pie, if you will, of people who are getting attacked. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, it, it just means that we got to be diligent here in 2024. So I, I, you know, I think that maybe we'll put that into our next show. So I the think message we should is do this. Try your Comcast account, right? <laughs> yeah, change your Comcast account. Fire, well, fire I, Comcast. <laughs> let's, you know, over the next couple of weeks, as for each one of our shows, I think we should. We're going to do maybe a tip of the week, specifically for the new year. What what things can we do in 2024? that can make a huge impact to bringing that number down. Like our goal here, business and bites, you know, we want to bring really good content about small business, but we also want to help make sure that the people who are watching are just aware of the things that they need to be doing to protect their business. All right, that's we why we exist. That. Yeah. I so, agree. That's gonna be great. I'm excited. Well, I think we have another one in the books. Episode right. four. Awesome. Well, with that, here's a, a couple things that I want to do housekeeping before we go. Uh, number one, as of this week, you can find us if you are like me and you do most of your podcast watching, not watching, <laughs> you listen to it. I do most of my listening to podcasts in the car uh, on Apple. So, as of this week, you can now find the Business and Bytes podcast on Apple. I'm working on Spotify now, but Apple for sure and uh, Amazon uh, all have the audio versions of this podcast and all of our future podcasts. Uh, they will be uh, generally come out Mondays. Uh, if we go live, it'll come out a little bit later. If we're pre-recorded, they'll come out uh Monday mornings at nine with, with the regular, with the regular show. Um, but if you're someone who listens, you know, definitely find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube is where you can also find the archive and you can go to Apple, any of those places. If you would leave us a review, those will greatly help us grow this podcast and its audience and help reach more people so that we can help just, uh, we want to help small businesses, medium-sized businesses grow and become profitable and make sure that they're also protected and, and thriving. Like that's, if we can help people thrive by bringing on really good guests with really great topics. And then also, uh, because what we are both in cybersecurity help, uh, businesses that are listening, not, uh, be victim of a cyber attack. That's a win for us. And we yeah. have something we can get excited about. So, um, find us on all those major, uh, places and we'll put those in the show notes on our website, uh, business and And if you have any questions, you can uh, shoot us an email. Uh, it's info at business and or shoot us a message on Facebook. So really glad, uh, for those of you who've watched us, uh, and seen our other interviews. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yeah, thank you for everybody that's following us, that's listening, that's watching. In the next couple of weeks, uh, it's about to be tax time, so we're going to have a CPA on here for you guys. Uh, we're going to have another one of my friends with his entrepreneur, solopreneur stories, uh, you know, and a couple more guests. So, you yeah. know, stay tuned, and we hope to keep you guys informed. If there's anything that you guys want us to ask or have from the next guest, which is 
likely the CPA or the solopreneur story, go ahead and uh, tell us those questions. I'm sure a lot of people have tax questions that they might want answers or scenarios or anything. Um, you know, go to our Facebook Business Advice Podcast. Tell us what those questions are, and we'll make sure that we get to answer those on the air. Awesome. Well, we did it. Show number four in the books. Great All to right. see you, and uh, we'll be back. Four down, infinity more to go. Yeah, that's right, man. Okay. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Have a great day. Right. Bye, everybody.